Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana. And I'm Kervin. And today we will be discussing the big geopolitical events of this week. But first, we want to continue to let everybody know that we are on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Oakland Analytics on both of those social media sites. Also, if you haven't already, consider giving us a rate and a review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Yes, and also uh, Podchaser is continuing their hashtag reviews for good promotion. And you have only over a week to review our show on the Podchaser site. And Podchaser is going to donate 25 cents to World Central Kitchen, uh, the nonprofit started by our favorite and famed DC chef, Jose Andres. Uh, he's been providing 300,000 daily meals to Ukrainian refugees. Now, as well, we will comment on every review that we get from Podchaser, and that's going to bump the donation up to 50 cents for every uh, review and then every comment we have. So look for the link in the show notes. All right, so what is on your radar this week? Well, it's been a tough week. We've got uh, Mariupol's last stand, Russia's new phase of the war. Um, A former MSNBC analyst has joined the war in Ukraine. Uh, Facebook came out and said that they can't halt Russian disinformation. Russia claims that the U.S. is the one that is extending the war timeline in Ukraine. Of course. Don't want to take accountability for anything. Right. <laughs> I know a few politicians that are like that. I know human beings in day-to-day life that are like that. So <laughs> yeah. it's just a human fault. Uh, speaking of human errors, uh-huh. uh, Taiwan mistakenly claimed that China had invaded. And that was uh, on live television. Oh, gosh. North Korea uh, hacked a crypto company. Uh, Some good news. uh, Not where people think good news would be coming out of recently. Uh, Sudan is closing in on a peace deal. And West Africa has intensified its battle with insurgents since France has left. Uh, And then we have History's Mysteries, which will be the famed Dusko Popov. Okay, if he's famed, I'll just trust you on that. Okay. I've never heard that name before. (laughs) Anyways, we do have a lot to get to this week, so I'll just dive right in. Um, Things haven't been going so well for the Ukrainians as of late. So what is the update there? Yeah, so the commander of Ukraine's 36th separate Marine Brigade uh, spoke of a dire situation in Mariupol this week, stating that the city has days, if not hours, left before being taken over by the invading Russian military. The commander said of the Russian military, to quote him, the enemy is outnumbered, has outnumbered us 10 to 1. They have advantage in the air, in artillery, in the forces on land, in in equipment, and in tanks. Uh, The Azovstal 
Steel plant in Mariupol has been the last stand for Ukraine, where both military personnel and civilians were attempting to push back, while hundreds in the plant have been wounded from Russian strikes. Uh, Ukrainian forces also mentioned Russia had dropped heavy bombs to flatten the remains of the steel plant, but they instead hit a hospital where hundreds of civilians were isolating. Um, Given Russia's track record, I'd wager that that wasn't an accident, honestly. I would agree with you. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Is the Mariupol offensive part of Russia's new phase of the war? Uh, Yes, it is. It's that and honestly, the entire eastern region of Ukraine. Now, the new phase has Russia attempting to take small victories from the east while increasing troop presence in the entire region. Uh, Russia used the peace talks over the last month as a chance to regroup and form a new plan in the invasion of Ukraine. You called it. Yeah. You called it right from the get-go. You're like, the second they start saying that they're pulling back, they are lying. Yep. Now, that new plan that we discussed Mm -hmm. has cities like Mariupol and other smaller but strategic coastal regions uh, overrun by Russian troops right now. Uh, The assault, which is moving from northeastern Ukraine to the country's southeast, comes as Russia adds to its forces and also resupplies those troops already inside the country. Now, we spoke of this previously once we saw Russia decided to cancel the Kiev offensive in exchange for key victories along the eastern border, and especially in the Donbass region, which is an area assumed to be majority pro-Russian. Uh, also this week, uh, Russians took control of Kremina, uh, making it the first official Ukrainian city lost to Russian forces. Uh, this was after Russia's, uh, Russians leveled the city to the ground, making evacuations impossible. Now, not to be outdone, Russia also tested a new intercontinental ballistic missile, or ICBM, that Putin had promised in 2018 would be capable of penetrating any country's missile defense system. Uh, We're going to have more on this, obviously, in in a future episode. However, uh, what I can say right now is that the U.S. had been warned of the test, and it was not unexpected. Well, we'll be looking for that update in the future. In all of this tragedy and destruction, it appears that new heroes are emerging. Am I right? What can you tell us about the MSNBC analysts that joined the Ukrainian forces? Tiana, you are exactly right. So Malcolm Nance, a former foreign affairs analyst for MSNBC, stated, here's a quote from him. The more I saw of the war going on, the more I thought I'm done talking. And he put action to words by joining the International Legion of Territorial Defense for Ukraine. Uh, This was because of the indiscriminate killings of civilians by Russian forces. Which they deny, of course. (laughs) (laughs) What can you tell us about Malcolm Nance? Well, first, he's 61 years old. Oh, wow. And also... He spent 20 years enlisted in the U.S. Navy as an expert in naval cryptology. He's also an expert in intelligence operations for the Navy. He was also a survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, or SEER, instructor, helping pilots either evade captivity or escape the captivity in the event they were taken prisoner. Uh, Oh, SEER. 
Seer fun times. Those were times. I'm acting like I took part in Seer. I did not take part in Seer. Just let everyone know. I'm a big wuss. <laughs> but other people we know have. <laughs> well, it's not the easiest school to it's go to, fun. trust it's, me. Yeah. You did do some part of something. I I don't remember. I blacked all that out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, um, this is not the first time. He has run towards danger while oh. everyone else was escaping. So he actually witnessed the plane crash into the <gasps> Pentagon on his drive into Arlington, Virginia in 2001. Oh, wow. And he acted as a first responder at the crash site, helping organize the rescue and recovery of victims. That's amazing. Uh, he also has had some controversy, though. Uh, yeah. As he had to delete a tweet seen as insensitive after the attack in Kabul, Afghanistan this previous summer that killed 13 U.S. service members. Well, first of all, I want to say that I appreciate that you are telling us information on both sides. So we can form a more well-rounded opinion of things, you know. But what did this tweet say? This offending tweet? What did okay, it say? so uh, here's the quote from him. He said, 20 years, FYI, there have been terrorist suicide bombers killing civilians nearly daily in Afghanistan. This ain't new. It's why we are leaving. And then he ended the tweet with hashtag deal with it. And while he isn't wrong, mm -hmm. it's really not helpful for a former military person and current news analyst to tweet out such stuff immediately after it happens. So... Little lesson to everyone, and sometimes I need to hear this. You do not need to be the first to comment on world affairs. All right. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Let's shift over to Facebook's battle with Russia. What is happening on that social media site these days, Facebook? Mm. Well, we aren't on Facebook, guys. I have to we... check the news to see what's on Facebook because we're yeah. not on it. Well, I mean, we, I mean, Instagram is owned by Facebook. So are we really off Facebook? Well, that's true. Yeah, now, we still got all our information. All right, sorry. Not yeah. Meta, but the social media site, Facebook, owned by Meta, not a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> never will be. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, gosh, I just said never. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Facebook continues to fight to contain pro-Russian and anti-Western posts that are contributing to political instability in West Africa. Uh, recently, Facebook has made a big push on the continent of Africa, and now they're making significant investment in content moderation. A report by investigators from the Digital Forensic Lab run by a U.S.-based think tank showed that pro-Russian Facebook pages in Mali coordinated support for anti-democracy protests and the Russian mercenaries from Wagner Group. What damage has this done on the continent? Well, a lot. Uh, first, the network of disinformation trolls were instrumental in getting France to remove forces in the region uh, and then promoted the Wagner Group as the continent's best chance for success. Uh, they've also been influential in spreading disinformation, leading to the recent coup in Burkina Faso that was in January of this year. Uh, so a spokesman or a spokesperson for Meta the overarching company that owns Facebook. Said, <laughs> the overarching. <laughs> yeah. The umbrella company. Yeah. Said the company takes the problem very seriously and continues an aggressive approach 
to fight the spread of misinformation in Africa and elsewhere. You don't sound so convinced there, Kervin. Well, I mean, after receiving the reports, Facebook declined to take the pages down, so... Oh. They said, though posts were clearly part of a coordinated effort, they did not appear to be a front for unidentified users. But they freaking kicked Trump off Facebook, and he was spouting misinformation. It's... I don't understand a lot of the times. With I don't these understand that. I don't understand the logic either. But um, so if we have okay. a listener that does understand yeah, the logic, please. I would love to hear it. Yeah, I, really would. I would too. I would like to understand why. Okay, well, you know what we're asking. Well, while that's going on in Africa, Russia is also complaining about the U.S. So, what is the latest there? Well, this sounds like something we talk about every week, right? That segue is really weird, though, <laughs> between yeah. those two things. I I just feel it's important we get into this. Okay. Um, I, I'm sure listeners are saying, what we the get heck? It. You know, we're, we're talking about Africa now. Russia hates the U.S. We hear this every week. But I do want to say that this recent statement has placed Russia's military failures not on Putin, or mm-hmm. his generals, mm-hmm. but on the United States. Of course. All because course. they had the audacity to provide Ukraine with defensive and offensive weapons. Mm. But to contrast this, Ukrainian President Zelensky stated Ukraine would have actually completed the repelling of Russian troops with more and better weapons. Not to mention the no-fly zone that Zelensky states could have prevented thousands of civilian deaths. I mean, he's not wrong, but he's I not wrong. get why it couldn't happen a, a little bit. That's a whole episode we'd have uh, to... A little bit. <laughs> so okay. Russia continues to promote that the West has the narrative wrong and mm, that Ukraine is actually the aggressor mm-hmm. and that the... These are Russian words. The Nazification of Russian regions of Ukraine are indeed a humanitarian crisis. I said those are Russian words. Yeah, Nazification. Yeah, those Russian statements, though, fly in the face of a recent statement by Ireland's foreign affairs minister, who told the United Nations Security Council that the town of Buha lies in ruins with the stench of burning buildings and bodies in the air. So does anyone actually believe Russia at this point? Like, who is believing the crap coming out of there? Well, there's still some holdouts from the looks of social media posts on the okay. current state of the war well, in guess, Ukraine. Yeah, that makes that does tie into that, doesn't it? Yeah, m- most okay. of those are posts uh, coming from troll farms, like we've discussed before. So yeah. They're not legitimate Russian supporters. Okay, well... Uh, it's, so it's basically like the Russian government trying to make it seem like things are going way better than they actually are. You and do understand. I do understand. I'm not as dumb <laughs> as everyone thinks I am. That's not true. No one thinks I'm dumb. I'm the one who thinks I'm dumb, okay? <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to what could become the next global offensive. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. Did China invade Taiwan? Well, for a brief moment, the population did think the invasion had begun. Well, I mean, I imagine the fact that everybody's um, keyed up right now and on high alert. Any little thing could be misconstrued as an act of aggression. But how so? What what made them think that it was happening to them? Well, during a live news broadcast this week, Chinese television system, which is a Taiwan government-backed television station, even though the name says Chinese television system, they mistakenly showed a news ticker alert about military ships and critical infrastructure near Taipei being hit by Chinese missiles. Now, the station immediately apologized and urged people not to panic. Um, other alerts on the ticker stated, quote, a war could break out. Also, a major train station in Taipei had been set on fire by Chinese agents. And uh, the Taiwanese president declared a state of emergency. Why were there alerts in the first place? Well, the station did admit that the alerts were meant for a drill with the fire department in New Taipei City, but were mistakenly displayed this week because of a technical error. Well, how did the people of Taiwan react? This is interesting because there was no reporting of panic in Taipei after the alerts were broadcast. Uh, Taiwan had raised its alert level since Russia invaded Ukraine because of the threat of China making a similar move. Yeah. Now, China has never rejected the use of force on Taiwan that would bring it under Chinese control. China has stepped up military activities in the past two years as a show of force, hoping the island population would accept Beijing's claims of sovereignty. Sovereignty? <laughs> Why did you say it that way? Isn't sovereignty? Sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we'll keep an eye on this situation. Um, let's stay in the Indo-Pacific region and talk about North Korea. What is happening in that People's Republic? The Democratic People's Republic the, of Korea. Of Korea. Well, first, uh, this was actually brought to my attention by my wonderful, beautiful co-host. Who? who continues to be a wealth of information in pre-production throughout the week. And that's you, Tiana. You know that. Oh, what? Now, this week, <laughs> authorities in the United States claimed North Korean hackers were involved in the historic $625 million Axie Infinity crypto swindle. Well, now, <clears throat> I know we discussed this during the week, but what is the Axie Infinity crypto swindle? It has well, a name a, now. Whenever we were discussing it, it didn't have a name yet. <laughs> I can't wait for the Netflix series, The Infinity Swindle. <laughs> yes, The Infinity <laughs> Swindle. The Infinity now, Swindle. But it is, it's a good start to discussing this story. Um, okay. Axie Infinity is a popular uh, play-to-earn game, which is $4 billion in uh, NFT sales, non-fungible token sales. Hmm. Now, Ronin, the uh, blockchain protocol linked to Axie Infinity, said two weeks ago that hackers stole roughly $625 million in crypto. And now uh, the U.S. is putting the blame on North Korea, which indicates the emergence of a new type of national security threat. That is kind of scary that it could have potentially been North Korea that hacked all that crypto money. But how... 
is how so? Like, how is it a new how's, type? How is it a national security or a new national security A new type of threat? national national security well, threat. I can't talk. <laughs> a hacking used to mean uh, loss of passwords, usernames. But in the age of crypto, it now means the loss of huge swaths of wealth. Yeah. Uh, the hack wasn't even detected until almost a week after it occurred, even wow. though it was one of the biggest heists in the history of crypto. So are you saying don't buy in the crypto? <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone what to do with their money. Yeah. You don't want to hear my advice on money. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. So. But I'm going to suggest <laughs> being extra careful in which crypto you do purchase yeah. and the ways which you keep your crypto secure. Mm -hmm. uh, the crypto sector is still trying to keep up when it comes to cybersecurity, uh, but the slow speed at which they're working makes them very vulnerable to hacking groups. Or countries like North right. Korea. Okay, well, purchase with caution, everybody. But um, now... For two weeks, we have discussed the crisis in Sudan. Um, recently, you did a deep dive in the security situation for a report on the country. Has there been any changes to the conditions in that region? Uh, sort of. The Eritrean government presented an initiative to the Sudanese government aimed at ending the political strife in the country. Why Eritrea? Well, first, it's a border country. Oh, okay. It's also one that for that area is quite stable uh, when you consider Eritrea's government remains one of the world's most repressive. Um, over the last two decades, Eritrea's GDP has increased more than most nations in the region. Plus, the increase in military coups on the continent has its civilian government wary of its own conflicts with the military. And all these actions are forcing the Eritrean government to act now in protecting its population from any spillover of the conflict in the region. So has Sudan accepted the initiative from Eritrea? Well, there's still no word out of Sudan, but Eritrea no. has been successful in previous peace talks. So it is something we're going to keep an eye on. OK, well, let's move on from East Africa to West Africa. Did you say that there was a major offensive against insurgents in West Africa? I sure did. It's uh, okay. one of the other few good stories of the week. So a joint military operation involving Nigeria, Niger, and Cameroon announced they had killed more than 100 Islamist insurgents, including 10 commanders in the past few weeks. Oh, wow. This occurred as it has increased a ground and air offensive in the Lake Chad region. Now, Boko Haram fighters and the Islamic State West Africa Province, or ISWAP, it's a group that have battled the Nigerian army for over a decade now. Oh, okay. The attacks from insurgents have not been isolated to Nigeria, as it has bled over to all neighboring countries. Nigeria has received a boost recently after the United States approved a $1 billion weapons sale. Oh, that's all? That's all. Okay. However, the U.S. Okay had put a hold on the deal over concerns about possible human rights abuses by the Nigerian government. Okay. Nigeria says thousands of Boko Haram fighters and their families have surrendered since last year. Uh, also, Boko Haram has been struggling since their leader, Abu Bakr Shekau, died in a battle in uh, May of 2021. Well, that sounds like relatively good news for the continent. 
Unless you're an assert insurgent, yes. Unless you're an insurgent, yes. And that is if the reports are to be are, believed. Okay. I have not seen anything to say otherwise. Uh, but if true, this is a real win for those countries and honestly yeah. the continent as a whole. That is incredible. Yeah, it it could really be used to provide neighboring countries with sort of uh, what we call in the lessons learned a best practice in defeating Islamic insurgents. Well, fingers crossed that we are seeing um, the bright a bright future here. Um, have we reached history? We've really reached history's mysteries. I really am in shock. <laughs> uh, unless I can bring up one quick thing that we'll discuss next week. Oh, which, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Which is, I, I've got to confirm this. You know how Elon Musk can be. He's mm -hmm. uh, he, he's very active on Twitter and he says a lot of things. So he it has to be fact-checked. Yeah. But apparently, his Starlink internet systems mm -hmm. have gotten an upgrade that has been able to attack uh, Russian electronic warfare devices. Yeah. Now, if this is true, and, and the Pentagon, I can tell you, the Pentagon, the Department of Defense in the U.S., mm -hmm. is actively watching this. Uh, because if true, this is a system that the U.S. will want to use. Yeah, didn't, we'll it, that. didn't it stop? What kind of weapons did it, it, was, did it uh, supposedly stop? Well, they're, they're considered EW, or electronic warfare weapons these are weapons that jam other systems yeah 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 i couldn't think of the words so i got uh, a small brain <laughs> no it's fine you do <laughs> not um so just real quick on on what happened there so when the starlink first got uploaded in ukraine it mm -hmm. uh, was immediately attacked by the russians and shut down so uh the guys over with elon musk now not personally elon musk did not have a computer and he was trying to jam and <laughs> Do you don't know. With, he does well, all I kinds don't. of things. <laughs> Elon, if you want to come on, I'd love to oh. talk to you. Oh, my goodness. But what, what they did do was provide an update to the system mm -hmm. that then proactively stopped these jamming scenarios. Oh, okay. So, so we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, you have to get it confirmed, right? Yes, I would like okay. to get it confirmed. All right. Well, now are we on histories <laughs> mysteries yes now we're here all right ready well what do you yeah what do you have for us this week sorry right. <laughs> this week um we're going to discuss the serbian double agent uh dusko popov and he was born into a wealthy family and became a practicing lawyer at the start of world war ii uh he held a great aversion to nazism and then in 1940 he infiltrated Germany's military intelligence service since he was considered a valuable asset due to his business connections in France and the UK. He'd also been known as quite the ladies' man. Oh, Lord. With Why do you, you always point out this <laughs> stuff about people? <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, Look, he, was, it, he was said to... <laughs> uh, I... Mm. <laughs> some women... Say, say the words. Some women say the pointed words. out... His mm -hmm. loose, what did they point out? Sensual mouth, his and loose his green bedroom eyes, and I know you've seen some green bedroom eyes in your day. Yeah, from you, but yeah, yeah exactly. But this loose, what the heck is a loose <laughs> sensual mouth, ladies? Please explain, because I don't, I don't understand what that is. Anyways, sounds like a famous fictional spy that we may have heard of. <laughs> yeah, that's another astute observation from you, yeah, uh, because yeah. some believe. 
that James Bond is somewhat inspired by the actions of football. Well, where is James Bond's law degree? Well, we'd have to go back and... uh, Go back and see. I don't know. He might have a law degree. I don't know enough about James Bond. Check the bar. Okay. (laughs) This is like the second or third time we've talked about inspirations for Bond, though. Yeah. And it uh, that actually does make sense to me because yeah. you know authors tend to use multiple influences for a particular story or a particular character. So besides being a Bond inspiration, what is he actually known for? Well, not just a Bond inspiration, but being known for his loose, <laughs> his loose mouth and green bedroom eyes. Well, he actually you uh, up, did, he did more important things. Um, okay, yeah. Well, obviously. First, he admitted in an interview in 1941 to yeah. have sent a report warning of a possible attack on the island of Oahu at the U.S. base Pearl Harbor. Oh, Now, goodness. FBI chief J. Edgar Hoover had stated previously he did not trust Popov and refused to send the report up the chain of command, warning it was a single piece of intelligence and did not warrant any further actions. Well, Hoover, I mean, I've got my own problems with Hoover and the like the fact that he made my tribe pay for yeah. an investigation into the murders of our people. So I've got I've got lots of problems with J. Edgar. So I'm not surprised that he decided not to trust that piece of information. And that'll be the Killers of the Flower Moon episode that comes later this year. In case y'all forgot about it. (laughs) As we all know, in December of that same year, the Japanese Mm. did in fact carry out the attack, which forced the U.S. to join the war effort. Of course, yeah. So another thing was a a key part of the deception operation, codenamed uh, Operation Fortitude, Mm -hmm. uh, is something else that he participated in. Now that operation sought to convince German military planners that the Allied invasion of Europe would take place in Calais, not Mm -hmm. Normandy, thereby diverting hundreds of thousands of German troops and increasing the likelihood that Operation Overlord, which is the operation that would become the Battle of Normandy, would succeed. Oh, wow. So he That's did both awesome. two huge things That's in, huge. Those in World are War huge III. huge things. At least the second one, they actually listened to him. Right. You know? And, and somewhat like, oh. the Germans listened to him, which was key. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously he had that huge tidbit of information that he tried to go to Hoover with, and Hoover's like, eh, I don't trust the guy. <laughs> now Seems in, sketchy. <laughs> in sad news, Uh-oh. Uh, his university friend and close ally, Johnny mm-hmm. Jepson, was arrested by the Gestapo and later killed by the Nazis, which became a profound emotional moment in Popov's life, and mm-hmm. honestly, anybody's life. Yeah. This led to heavy drinking and smoking that would take a toll on his health later in life before he died on August 10th, 1981, the age of 69. Now, I say, mm-hmm. I told you he was famous, right? Mm-hmm. He wrote the book Spy, Counterspy, in which he recounted his wartime exploits. And you can find that book on Amazon. I'm going to link that in the show notes for all those interested in reading his intelligence efforts against Nazi Germany. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. Is there anything else for this week? After that, I think we are out of time for this week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. As we mentioned in the beginning, head over to Apple and Spotify Podcasts and give us a review So, because those help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. And as always, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, please subscribe to our community at oakwindanalytics.com. Tiana, thank you so much. And until next week, stay safe out there.